everyone. Welcome to episode 270 of This Is Whole Life. And it's been an odd week all around. And I'm sure if you're watching the news or uh, even talking to friends, everyone is talking again, once again, about really in earnest COVID and the Delta variant. And, you know, for a lot of reasons today, we are not together in the studio. So we are back to how we did it during the height of COVID, where uh, I'm here in the studio. Jeff and Ken are out and they are on on the phone and we've brought them in via the technology through the phone call. And so they are here joining us. So guys, thank you so much for being still being able to do it, even though it's remotely. All right. You're welcome, Randy. All right. I am pleased to report that this week, (laughs) for the second week in a row, we are opening with the Velvet Sledgehammer on the show because that's Ken. He just brought it right away. There's no way we can talk about participation and not feel the pressure that comes along with it. So let's start with Ken's assessment. Early on in his message, he said, participation is a mandatory value in Christianity. And continued a little bit later with, participation always costs something. Whenever you participate, it takes something from you. You have to give. And sometimes it doesn't feel like what you're getting back is meeting what's going out. And so I immediately said to myself, Randy, are there any better feel-good words that we hold dear than mandatory and have to and getting less than you give? Warm and fuzzies, anyone with those? (laughs) <laughs> always here for you randy always here for you i appreciate that in every in, in every way i, I really yeah. do the truth is the truth whether you like it or not <laughs> oh man and there and there is the third round of the sledgehammer folks right there <laughs> <laughs> so we've got jeff on the call he's here to make you feel better yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. You know, for those of us that feel like, you know, yeah, that's that's a little harsh. Make us feel a little bit better if you can. Well, you know, it's always it's <laughs> always uh, fun to try to uh, spin things or try to make things work. But, you know, one of the things is it's just we're, we're starting to see that it's just it's just a good thing. I mean, people haven't been too argumentative these days about the fact that, hey, we just want to try to make everybody healthy. So we're trying anyway. <laughs> we're trying anyway. I like it. Well, you know, I, and we, we all know that these things are true. And and sometimes it just, it maybe feels like it adds a little extra weight to what we're doing. And I don't know where the line or, you know, not, not necessarily that we want to feel better or we want to feel less responsible or to not do what Jesus asked to. And we followed those those initial thoughts up with, you know, ways that we could participate. And, you know, again, we, we jumped into a bunch of crowd favorites, and I, I love how we went through these. But financial giving, nobody saw that one coming, right? I mean, I, everyone was completely surprised. Um, volunteer with local church ministries, volunteer in the community, and think globally. Now, you had me at financial giving and think globally, but I'm wondering – you know, th- this seems like a big list of responsibilities that we're taking on here. Do we take these on all at once or do, do we ease into it? How, how do we attack this list or how do we know which of these lists maybe are more important to start with? I think it starts with asking God what he's looking for from you. I, I really do. I don't, I'm not big on telling people that they need to do one of each of those or even one of any of those. It's really about where God is calling you to follow him in your life. Okay. 
my only suggestion is that God probably is not asking nothing of you. So if you can't think of anything, you might need to keep asking. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if at first you don't hear, ask and ask again. Yeah, I I, I think, I think Ken brings up a good point. I don't think God says that we're here to just sit on the bench. As a matter of fact, I know that's not what he says. But right. on the other the other side of it is what we tend to do is we tend to compare our level to somebody else's. And uh, and God, and I love what Ken had to say. I love that scripture about Peter wanting to know what John's doing yeah. or why Jesus. And so it's, it's a great illustration of so many times we, we you know, we, we show off or we try to compare and and God's asking us, not us, to look at somebody else. So, one of the things I thought about during the message this past week was, you know, everyone has different talents. We all have different resources, whether they be personality traits, whether they be monetary, and you know, and different amounts of time to give and participate. We've talked a lot over the years on the podcast about how we our giving and how freely we can give of our time, talent, and treasure. and But how do we stay united maybe just as a church community or even within sometimes a small group of people that, you know, get together at church without feeling like maybe I'm doing more than my share or on the other side, maybe I feel bad because I look at so-and-so, I don't have the resources to pull off what they just did, no matter which one that I'm deficient of, if it's time, talent, or treasure. And so maybe we feel like we're not as united as we could be, or we feel like we're not giving enough. How do we help people see that what God's asking them is exactly what's enough? That's a good question, Randy. (laughs) How how do you get somebody to see that? Um, I don't know if I have a great answer for that, so maybe I should throw it over to Jeff and see what he has a good answer for it. (laughs) I I think so many times it really comes down to being able to recognize God's voice in your life um, versus the voices that are, they're not really his voice, the, 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 the you know, the voice of somebody who's shaming or guilting you versus what God is really asking of you. So I think people learn that. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I I think that sometimes our identity uh, with the the responsibility or what, you know, what's in it for us sort of plays out a little bit too big in our service. You know, a lot of times what we tend to do is we tend to say, well, I'm overloaded or I don't have enough or I don't, like you said, Randy, I don't have the resources that that person does. Yeah. But but a lot of times God may be just asking us to join in what's already started or, or, or be a part of something that's already there where it, I think Ken alluded to this too, or said it in his message is that sometimes it's just asking us to follow and uh, it doesn't require us to try to make a name for ourselves or, or, you know, figure out a way for us to burn ourselves, you know, burn ourselves out. Yeah. So I, I do think that God is very, very, um, uh, He's very open to not just keep us, uh, and I don't want to say he's, he's here to keep us busy. No, that's not the issue. The issue is I think he's, he's here because he has given us the resources. And, and when he asks us, I don't think he, he puts us in a situation where 
we're giving or doing something beyond what we're capable of doing. Yeah, no, I, I like that because I, I think that, you know, kind of the last part of this that really just kind of hit me with, and we've all as Christians have read this text before, we're familiar with it. Jesus' words in Mark eight thirty four, when he says, you know, then calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And, you know, those can be, I think, very sobering words if this isn't something that somehow you and God have worked out details for you personally, because it seems like it can be very heavy. But on the, but on the flip side of it, it also makes me feel really good that God is being very direct here. So often we complain because he's not direct. He doesn't just say it's in a it's in a, it's in a parable it's in a story it's in something that maybe we just it could go more than one way and here I I just appreciated the candor with which he attacked it here just saying you know if if you really do want to follow me this is exactly what you have to do and you know by the way if you don't you know like what's worth more than your eternal soul you know and I I just I really appreciated that and I guess I don't know what it was about the way we that the point in the message where we came across that verse and the way Ken presented it that just made me think of it that way. And I'm often just one of those people that just go, ah, I wish I could just I wish this, I wish it was clearer. I wish I just knew what he was asking me to do. And this makes it pretty, pretty clear. But also from someone that may be just starting this journey. That's it. I can see where it would be very daunting or could be viewed as very daunting. Is there any way or anything we can do as a church community when we, you know, we bump into people that are maybe new at this or they haven't really thought about participation or maybe they're just new to the whole thing and, you know, you come across a message like this and you go, woof. I'm not sure if I'm, you know, cut out for this part. I like the love part. I like these other parts that sound really good. I want to be accepted. I want to be accepting. But boy, participation is a tough one. Can, is there anything that we can do as a church community to help those feel like they can do it without getting discouraged or dropping by the wayside? That's a really, a really insightful question, Randy, because there are a lot of people who join different churches. And I know that we've had lots of people come into our church saying, my goodness, you have a lot of people who, I mean, it's not their job, and yet they're working like it is their job. Yeah. And uh, they're commenting, and they, maybe they come from different faith backgrounds, but it is unusual for some people who've come from different, you know, religious and uh, faith uh, walks to see different types of church involvement as being overwhelming or cumbersome. And I don't think that, again, I don't think that that's what. Christ asks us to do. I think he he helps us understand the weight of what what we're in and what we want. And I think then we desire we desire to put out that effort. So I, I would probably first say, hey, assess your own your own walk with Christ before you assess the magnitude of of what you think God's asking you to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, that makes that makes I sense. I think it's always interesting that I think it's always interesting that you notice that when Jesus first approaches people, he takes care of their physical needs first. Yeah. Um, so if they are aren't well, there's healing, um, and then after that, he extends the call to come follow me. And so I think that following is a um, extension of what God has already done in your life. And if you're um, if you're following him, he gives you what you need to be able to, if, if you want to follow him, he gives you the healing in your life that you need to be able to do what you have to accomplish. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's simple. But I do believe that God meets the, the mental, emotional, physical needs in our life. And then out of the fullness of what he's done, that's where, where the um, participation comes from, you know. I like that. And I, I think that might be a place where, I mean, it should be comforting to think of it that way, number one. Number two, I think that if we were to, you know, maybe that's part of us when someone's asking is, you know, maybe it's us asking what part of you feels like maybe, I mean, I hate to use the word inadequate or, you know, what what part of, of being in participation role at the church would you know, cause you to feel awkward or, you know, just be apprehensive about it. And maybe there's a way that we can help walk through them in that journey to make sure that we're at least getting them through that part where maybe they feel a little more ready or a little more just like, you know, Jesus took care of, of their, their health side. And, you know, maybe we can help take care of that side that's just nervous or maybe they're, you know, extreme introvert or something like that that we can help them along with. That, that would uh, maybe be a good starting point anyway. And I did always appreciate, you know, Jeff, when we first came to uh, Force Force Lake, when we first came to Florida <laughs> Hospital Church, you know, what, geez, it's been over five years already. And we did new uh, member orientation. And, you know, I remember thinking that I've never been to a church that actually set participation expectations as part of joining the church. And, you know, I know there was there was people that day. It was very uncomfortable in the room. And I, I don't know. I don't know what that tension is, but maybe it's because it's never maybe everyone else was like me and went, oh, I didn't know there was going to be like we had to agree to actually do something. We can't just, you know, we're expected to do more than just, you know, put our backsides in a, in a chair or in a pew for a couple hours every every week. And. I but to me it was very uncomfortable. But I, Heather and I looked at each other, and we were sitting the way the seating was. We were kind of sitting apart, but we could see each other. And when you laid out that portion of it, we were pretty excited because that was like, oh man, if this is the expectation that everyone is going to participate, everyone's going to have a role. You know what a great community of people and like-minded individuals. We'll be going to church with, and think of the ministries that will that are here that are probably really flourishing. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a piece that I think eventually uh, we embrace because of our you know our own. I mean, we all want to find a way in which we can connect and be a part of something. Yeah. And Christ makes it very clear that that's service. So. I wanted to ask each of you individually, and uh, you can pick who goes first. But I, personally, the other part I feel like is people need to hear someone who is in participation, even if it's something that they would never do themselves or they would never 
think to themselves, oh, I would never want to do that. Or, you know, they, they may not resonate with what you're doing, but more with that you're doing. And just for each of you personally, what brings you the most reward or the most joy in your participation? I mean, I know you're both pastors and, but, you know, maybe it's something in your personal life that you participate in church outside necessarily your role as a pastor, or even if it is, what about participation brings you joy personally? I would say that the, the biggest joy is when you take on something really difficult and see it through and then watch the impact that it has on other people and the good things that come out of it. I think that for me is where there's a lot of joy. I can, you know, just think of, it's interesting that like, for me, the proportion of joy that I get out of something often has to do with the amount of effort that it took to accomplish it. So the less offer, the less effort, the less joy. Gotcha. And the more effort, the greater the joy um, that, that I kind of feel out of that. That if, if I don't give much, I don't feel like I get much out of it. But when I really, um, you know, if, it, if you're working with a really difficult person who's just not really easy to work with, and then you finally start seeing them make some progression in their life, it, it, there's a lot of pain involved to get there. But at the end, you feel like, wow, that was, that was really something. Whereas when you're working with somebody super easy to work with and they make some progress you think well i mean you're glad for it. it's all good but it's, it's there's just a difference in the amount of effort that you put into something and i think sometimes we cheat ourselves out of the richness that god wants to gift us with because we're not willing to try to do hard things and and, and maybe dare i say suffer a little <laughs> to get something better out of it yeah jeff yeah i, I i'm actually right along with the same same kind of vein but um with with whenever something has been done or you know service in especially when i consider service kingdom service i guess is the best way of saying it but okay it's always relational and i mean very very few times have i seen service <laughs> that god's asked me to do when it didn't involve didn't involve another person i can't really even think of a time it's tough to but, do um yeah but as a result of it the relationship grows and so there's this there's this almost um an innate memory that takes place in that relationship where the person that you're serving with or serving for or serving alongside of, there's just a growth, you know, a, a real uh, spiritual maturity, but also a just a relational growth that takes place. And I, and I love that. I love the fact that I've got a different relationship now with the person that I served with or alongside of or for. The personal part of it is the actual absolute best part for me. I, I would agree with that 100%. And, you know, I enjoy like just this part of where we get to have a conversation every week and we invite others into that conversation. And then when we hear from people outside of the room and from different people that are listening, giving their feedback this week, we were at the church uh, today's Tuesday as we are recording, and on Monday night we recorded some music videos for Richard and and uh, at the church. And Gerald was there. He's a percussionist. You'll see on stage 
all the time at church, always giving of his talent that way. And he came up to me last night and he said, man, I've really been enjoying the podcast. He's like, great work. You guys sound like you're having a lot of fun. So that was um, that was good to hear and always good to get that feedback. So, all right. We are down to the questions from the Q&A. We had two, and it is a regular question asker, and I love it that she is consistently asking questions. And this is from now our Q&A on Saturday. Whatever questions we don't answer in person, we just take care of them here. So Trafina Powell Brown asked, what if you're not sure on what your gift is to participation? The people who participate here at Whole Life seem to be really good, or what I think I'm good at is not here. And she gave an example and said, I'd love to help by helping out in a prayer team. I've done it before, but I don't see a prayer team here. So what do we tell people if we're not sure what our gift is or if there's maybe a need for that gift at uh, at our church because it's maybe not a visible need? I guess I'd start off by saying that, um, that Jeff has some wonderful tools for kind of taking and studying what you're your spiritual gifts may be, and I think that you can sit down with other people and ask them, hey, what do you see me being good at? Where, where do you think I can fit in? Mm-hmm. I also think that the passionate areas that God gives us tell us a little bit of what he might be wanting us to do, which kind of runs into the other question. Um, I think that uh, for a long time as a pastor, one of my mottos has been that we, if we don't have a ministry, it's because um, it's not it's not the pastoral staff necessarily their job to make that ministry happen, but that if God places a ministry on somebody's heart, it's our responsibility to help resource and see how we can help that person with that ministry. So um, going to the example of a prayer ministry, we, there are some prayer things that are happening in our church, but, you know, if Trafina, you know, if you're listening, you hear this, you feel like there's a burden, there's something that you're not being done, man, we'd love to talk to you about it. and like to see how we can resource you and, and help you make that a reality at Whole Life Church. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love the empowering and making sure that you don't always know. Well, you don't know what you don't know. That's obvious. But you don't always look at things and see where there might be a hole or a little piece that someone else might have a talent for that just makes even what you're doing that much richer. And who doesn't want that to be a part of our church community? So I love that answer. All right. Well, this week, one of our whole life reflections, we didn't really have one, but and it didn't ask us anything, but rather it provided us a challenge. And it's been an interesting challenge. And I'm a little grumpy, Ken. Because t- t- today, yeah, today is your day without coffee. <laughs> uh, I have this. I've been drinking this giant, really tasty glass of ice water um, all day, and it does have my vitamin C, which does boost my immune system. Trying to stay healthy here during COVID, but ice water and coffee are not the same. But, and I'm just saying, you're not going to hear this if you're listening until Wednesday, but it's not too late to do the challenge. The challenge every day is very simple. And the texts that they send you, you can, um, and if you swipe up in today's show notes, all you have to do is follow some simple instructions using your texting app. And you can be included in this world vision, whole life challenge. And it's, you know, what uh, the first day was, what were we not supposed to do? Oh, skip lunch. That was yesterday. Today is drink only water. And they send you these little videos from different places that they serve and people who 
We all know there are underserved people in our planet, in our own country, but all over the world that, you know, a, a clean glass of water is a huge deal. And so it's been very powerful to go through this as a family. So I haven't cheated, no coffee, only water. Any of you that know me, that's a that's a that's a big deal. And tonight's edit night, so I don't know what I'm gonna do. I may have to have my my oldest stay up and just like continually poke me while I finish everything. I'm not really sure how we're gonna get through this, but we're gonna give it a <laughs> we're gonna give it a try anyway. But swipe up in today's show notes, take the challenge. And join on Wednesday. That'd be great. And we would love for you to all, if you missed it somehow on Sabbath, that you would just come in and and join that challenge with us and let us know how it's affected you. Because it's just even the littlest things, you make this realization, you look at their life and you look at your life and you're like, man, I am so blessed. I really do need to participate because I need to give something back because, man, we have it so good and we often forget that. All right. If there's anything else that's on your mind, we just – this is the final. This was the final. That is the final. This was the final message in our series on our values. And so I'm just going to throw this out there to you. If I've had a lot of people interacting with me in the lobby at church and you guys have been sending in emails and text messages. And so as we wrap up this series on values, I want to know what maybe stood out to you, what maybe – caused you to pause and maybe reflect or to even change course on something, anything that we missed saying that you felt like, I I hear this value, but I didn't hear this, or I heard this and it was so good that this is now, you know, I wrote it down, it's on my mirror or it's in my car or just thank you for doing this, whatever, whatever, anything that came through this series of messages, because I think we will all lean on these as a church family for the next, who knows, decade or more as we continue on as a church family. And so we will also be putting this together as a collection in our hosting platform. And that link will be going out on Twitter uh, coming up this week. And so if you would like to share this entire series, we've got some friends that are, are church shopping right now. Uh, you guys, if you're listening, I won't call you out by name because I don't want to make you uncomfortable. But we got to hang out at the beach this week. We've seen uh, after after church, and they've been coming for a couple weeks, and they're liking what they're seeing. They like what they hear, and we really want them to become part of our whole life church family. And so, if anyone you know that might be on the fence looking for a church family, you'd be able to send them the whole list of podcasts and the whole list on Speaking of Grace of each of those messages. There'll be collections in both this week, and they will both be going out on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, um, I'll send them over to Phil, and maybe we can put them on Facebook and Instagram as well, just to make sure that they're out there. All right. Our final thoughts are from the closing to Ken's message. He said, the reward is to see people there in heaven, who we had a small part in helping them on their journey with Jesus. And that's why participation is an important part of our church family. That's a little Randy paraphrase of a couple sentences, but oh man, those two, that's the reward is just to see people come to Jesus. And for any little bit, we get to part, we get to plan that. How awesome is that? And we have a really cool announcement for this coming week. Um, our, it's going to be called Chosen for This Moment. We have a guest speaker. Why do we have a guest speaker, Ken? Well, we have a guest speaker because we have a really amazing presentation coming to us from World Vision and one of their representatives who is actually no stranger to our church. He's a, a great guy. He uh, 
has been a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, and he's uh, now working with World Vision. His name is Bernie Anderson, and he's going to be talking to us about this really amazing project that they're working on right now. And I, I could not be more excited about this. It's going to be really incredible. You, you definitely want to be a part of this Sabbath, whether you're viewing it live online or whether you are um, at church in person, you, you don't want to miss this one. It's going to be good. And we're actually kind of doing a, a he's doing kind of the sermon, but we're kind of co, co-preaching together. So we both have a part we're playing. Oh, okay. That's excellent. Well, I can tell you, if you've never heard Bernie preach, you're in for a treat. He's just a, one of those people who is just down to earth and he's funny and he's sincere. And uh, I call him friend. Uh, he was at Forest Lake Church, our former church, for years and uh, got to work with him a lot hand in hand. And I, I really do appreciate Bernie's ministry, his family, great, great group of people. So that'll be really cool. And then he's already agreed that he will be with us next week on the podcast. So once we – I don't even know what's happening. Ken knows. He hasn't said anything to me. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm pretty excited because if Ken's excited, I'm excited. Then that means we will have everybody after all this – all the announcements, everything goes on. We'll have Bernie here on the podcast as well, which will be a treat. It's always good to have a guest. So thanks, everyone. Send us your thoughts on the whole values message. You can send it at 407-965-1607. Email podcast at wholelife.church. Text, voicemail, whatever works best for you. would love to hear from you. We'll answer those questions next week along with anything from the Q&A that's left over. So guys, have a great week. Stay safe out there and we'll see you all next week. 